Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn relate show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show. My name, of course, is John Campia. And this show, of course, is brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. And here on this podcast, we talk about movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, all sorts of good things, not just giving you our opinions, but giving you context and information so you can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. I'm joined on today's podcast, of course, by Ray Ora and Jonathan Voico, And most importantly, you guys are here. Thank you so much for joining us here on, this is actually kind of the inaugural John Campia Show podcast. We're actually recording this as a podcast and a podcast only. We haven't done this in a while and it's good to have you guys here. We're going to talk about uh, the new Echo Show. We're going to talk about Loki getting a release date and somebody who's been left off the press release. Fast X, the reviews are coming out and they're not great. Five Nights at Freddy's has a new trailer, as does Mission Impossible. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. So first of all, Ray, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just excited to start this podcast, see how it goes. I mean... Yep, and Jonathan's down back here as well. <laughs> I am back here, but suddenly my job just got a lot easier. I don't have to worry about lights or camera switching. This is great. Nope, or just showers. recording, this and we're great. good to go. All right. Hey, listen, guys, uh, before we get rolling on all this kind of stuff, I guess I don't need to uh, remind you guys to go and subscribe to the podcast because you're listening to the podcast. Uh, so that's great. Hey, by the way, because we've been telling our people on our channel, on the YouTube channel, to go and subscribe to the podcast now, for the first time ever, the John Campia Show podcast is appearing on the Spotify charts. We are number 31 Yay. today on the Spotify charts. Thank you so much to everybody who's been who's made that possible for, for us being on there. Um, also want to remind you guys, if you're listening to this prior to like, I don't know, 3 p.m. Los Angeles time, don't forget to go over to the YouTube channel, listen to our live open mic show where all we do is take your questions. All right. All that down, guys, let's get into it here. We're going to start off with this. You know, with Disney Plus, just jump back a couple of years. Disney Plus was coming and it was, at least to a lot of fans, it was the promise of a new day. New day. New day. <laughs> because we're going to get Marvel TV shows. What? They were going to get Star Wars TV shows. What? It's going to be a glorious new era. Mm. Just a fabulous lands flowing with milk and honey. Mm, Everybody's honey. going to be so happy and no. joyous. <laughs> anyway, Blue milk and honey. it hasn't quite been the, you know, the paradise that maybe we thought it was going to be. Now, they've had some great shows, right? WandaVision, Ms. Marvel. They've had some terrible shows. She-Hulk, Obi-Wan. Um, and they've had some where I should, you know, Obi-Wan wasn't terrible. I'll say Book of Boba Fett. Terrible. And they've had a lot of uh, okay shows. I, Loki, uh, you know, a bunch of other things. We, we can't deny it. it had a strong start. I mean, the Huge Mandalorian, start. WandaVision, yeah. it, it was, it, it got those sus subscribers or subscribers. Dude, it looked like coming right off the bat, the first Star Wars one was was Mandalorian. And then the first Marvel one was WandaVision. Um, arguably, I, I think Andor is the best Star Wars show they've had on Disney+. Plus. But for a lot of people, that season one of Mandalorian is the best thing they've done with Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. And I think most people agree that WandaVision was the best thing that that Marvel did on Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately, it's kind of been all downhill after, <laughs> after that, even though they've had some good things. Well, one of the shows they've got coming is Echo. And, of course, Echo was a character that was introduced um, in the... Uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Yeah. series, right? And 
that's great. And it's coming. Now, I'll be honest with you. The idea of introducing a character in another bigger character show is to get the audience excited about seeing that new character show. I had an odd reaction though, because I was actually less interested in an echo show after seeing the character in Hawkeye, nothing to do with the actress. I think the actress did a terrific job portraying the character. It's just, I don't think they wrote the character well. Right. 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 And so we've known this echo series is coming and everybody's been talking about, and all the stories has been all the production problems they've had. Apparently there are script issues, yada, yada, yada. And the word around was that the show was not turning out so well. And we've never had more concrete evidence of that until now. Deadline has revealed that Echo has a release date now, but with a catch. Uh, the folks at Deadline write this. They wrote, Marvel is launching the new a new binging strategy on Disney+. Plus. No, they're not. Uh, Kevin Feige just revealed that all episodes of the Hawkeye spinoff Echo will drop at once on November 29th. This is a new move for the company, which has previously aired episodes week to week. Now, I also want to point out that in the same article and deadline, they highlight the following. Meanwhile, the second season of Loki will air weekly starting October 6th. All right. Look, one of the things that Disney Plus has done and done brilliantly is they rejected the Netflix drop all the episodes at once nonsense. Cause that doesn't help your show. They drop them week to week. And what we have seen repeatedly on Disney plus is that by doing the week to week strategy, the, for most of their shows, the audience gets bigger and bigger and bigger, particularly with their good shows. Cause people watch it, love it. Tell other people, you got to come watch this show. And other people haven't fallen behind because there's only one episode out left. There's only been one episode out. So then they get on board and then people talk. I remember with WandaVision, WandaVision started with a relatively small audience. And by the time it got to the finale, it was like the number one show in the world for that time period. Because word of mouth builds. Listen, we've talked about that on this show a thousand times. And obviously that's what Disney believes in because Loki, which is a show a lot of people like, I think it's an okay show. I don't think it's bad, but a lot of people quite like it. Loki, which is a good show. Oh, it's getting the week-to-week -week thing. But Echo, they're dropping all at once. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're doing it because I believe that the only reason you do this is if the show stinks. The, I think the only reason you suddenly take this show that we've had heard all these problems about that a lot of people like myself are expressing don't have a lot of interest, and you're just going to drop it because I think what Disney is afraid of in that the week to week when it's good builds the word of mouth. I think what Disney's going to be afraid of is that if you release Echo week to week, the word of mouth is just going to get worse. So they probably have a better chance of getting people to watch it if they just drop it all at once. Now, again, I can't prove that, right? I, I haven't had Kevin Feige call me on the phone and say, yeah, Campia, man, I just, oh man, we shit the bed. <laughs> with this uh, Echo show. Oh, we're so, we're so No, they look, for all I know, they think the show's great. I am purely speculating, but when you consider that everything Disney has dropped, all their premium stuff is always week to week, and they definitely enjoy benefit of that, I think it says a lot that they're dropping Echo all at once. I it, don't know. You guys got It does thoughts? sound like they're ripping the Band-Aid off as fast as possible. Just take the pain. And yeah. move on. Just get it out there, drop uh, it, and move forward, yeah. I'm looking at the release date. It's November 29th, right? Yeah, so it should be coming as soon as Loki finishes. Right. Which is a, a little, um, it, it confused me because I, I was I was hoping it would 
come out before Secret Invasion was released because she was in the uh, a part of the comic series. Oh, I mean, she had a small part in that that comic book arc. I mean, she she like uh, I think she was um, uh, she she just she met up with Spider Woman, who was a you know disguised as a scroll, she right. scroll. was the queen, right? Wasn't yeah. Spider Woman the queen? And yeah, yeah, and she like uh, messed up uh, Echo. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Secret Invasion is going to be very different from the comic books. Right, right, like right. super, super oh, yeah, yeah. different. And that release is on June twenty first. Yeah, it's coming. It's the next one up. So we got Secret Invasion, which is looking good. We got Loki, which I I hope is I th- I hope they take what was good about the first season, build upon that, make it even better. And then we got Echo. But I'm telling you, man, this yeah. is such this is such a public vote of no confidence in this show. It's I'm really surprised they're doing it. You know, like the problem with Echo was there's nothing really memorable about her that makes her stand out. Other, yeah, she, she's she was a, not a fan favorite a, in that show. As uh, no, they didn't do write her well. Uh, is, is is she's Kingpin's daughter in, in the MCU? Or, no, no, no. He was. She was kind of like in Hawkeye. She was kind of like her father was killed, and Kingpin kind of became like a father figure to her. But then she finds out, of course, that Kingpin was the one who arranged for her father to be killed. So, mm. I mean, so there's all that drama. Again, I just think they did the character a disservice in Hawkeye. But uh, anyway, uh, that's our thoughts on that. So, guys, what do you think about that? I mean, so do you think that Echo is kind of just getting dumped? By dropping all the episodes at once so everybody will not talk about how bad it is. Because remember, when Book of Boba Fett was out, she kept talking week after week about how bad the show was. <laughs> and they just stretched out the pain. They just stretched out the pain for that. Although, I, you know what? I, guess I liked the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. I did. Just like I liked the first episode of Obi-Wan. It's just that they kind of oh. went downhill after that. Do you think this has anything to do with Echo just being no one knows this character yet? Maybe they just said, because Loki, nah. he's beloved. You're going to hold that, even if it's bad week to week, right? Is there, is there anything you think? I, well, I agree okay. with you. It's going to be a bad, it's a bad show probably. They, there might be some, some credence to that, except they put out a Ms. Marvel show, right? Who knew Ms. Marvel? Right. Like nobody knew Ms. Marvel. They put out a Shang-Chi movie. Who knew Shang-Chi? So I don't think they're scared about putting out content based on new characters. I, I listen, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope because I want all my MCU stuff to be good. So I hope I'm wrong, but I got a feeling this is a bad sign. All right. And guys, with that down, uh, let's move on to this, shall we? And it's kind of connected to that. Now in that story about Echo, there is another story. And that is of course that Loki now has a release date. And that release date for Loki is October 6th. Now that should be the story that we've got in Loki, because we've gone a little bit in between Marvel shows. Now we're going to have Secret Invasion, we're going to have Loki, we're going to have Echo. So the story here should be release date for Loki season two, October 6th. Great. Here's the problem though. And I put up a video about this with my quick thoughts on the YouTube channel earlier this morning, but we should talk about it here because this is where it gets interesting. You see, whereas the release date announcement should be the story, In the press release that Deadline is reporting, they go on to mention the cast of season two. So they do this thing about Loki, new release date, blah, blah. And in that article, as part of the press release, they discuss the cast. Here's what they say in Deadline. And I'm reading this verbatim. Tom Hiddleston is joined in the cast by Owen Wilson, who's great in season one, by the way. Gugu Mbathura, uh, Sophia DiMartino, uh, Wunmi Mosaku, and Richard E. Grant. 
Anybody notice a name missing there? What about Kang? <laughs> Where, where's Jonathan Majors? Where is Kang? He who remains or... Yeah, like, so, because this is where it gets really interesting. The, our, we've already gotten our first look at Loki season two, sort of in a way, right? Because it was in the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania post credit scene. It was a teaser for the upcoming Loki season two. And it was Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, and Jonathan Majors. Actually, both post credit scenes about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum. Quantumania was about Kang. There's, of course, the football stadium of Kangs. And then you had, you know, Jonathan Majors on stage with those three. So you would think that he would have his name here. Now, what I said in my video this morning, I'll repeat here. It is completely possible that Jonathan Majors may not actually be in Loki season two very much. Maybe, because remember, he wasn't in much of season one. Maybe he's in like one episode or an episode and a half of season two. And as such, they're like, okay, we don't need to mention. Maybe all these people, Richard E. Grant, which I thought he died in season one, but whatever, right. it's the multiverse. Owen Wilson, uh, Sophia Martino. Maybe all these people are in the show five times more than Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. And that's simply why Jonathan Majors isn't mentioned in the list. Maybe that's the case. Or, and I'm put on the tinfoil hat here, is this the very subtle way of Disney trying to distance themselves from Jonathan Majors right now? Now, of course, Jonathan Majors just had his first court appearance. He did it virtually, but he did his first court appearance. The DA is moving ahead with the charges against him. We don't know how this is going to turn out. And more importantly, Disney doesn't know how it's going to turn out. So could it be that Disney right now is playing the PR game and, and just trying to distance or, or shrink the appearance of Jonathan Majors here. Look, uh, it could be, you're, you're right. It could be he's not in many episodes. I mean, he could be in just in the last episode, yet all the episodes have like things that he's doing, but without him even being on the, you know, on the screen. I mean, I think if you put uh, Jonathan Majors in every single episode of Loki, doesn't that take away his impact in the next movie, The Kang's Dynasty? You know what I mean? Like, would you actually do all that? You want to save him a bit yeah, in a Disney saying, Plus yeah. show? Because by then, by the time that movie comes out, everyone's like, oh, he did this on Loki. Like what? what are, so like I, I he might not. I, I agree with you. He might not even be in this show a lot. He could be mentioned a lot. You could do that without even having him on screen. But, you know. Yeah. The th one thing that is interesting, though, again, I'm going back to that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania post credit scene where they give us a look at Loki and they give us three people, Jonathan Majors, Owen Wilson, and Tom Hiddleston. And it kind of gives you the impression that Kang is going to play. I mean, look, and how did season one end? It ended with Loki looking up and seeing a big statue face of Jonathan Majors, realizing that the time has been changed or yeah, he's yeah. in a different time yeah. thread or something. So again, you're right. It, there's a very, very good chance here. This is just simply, hey, you know what? He's not actually in the movie much or in the show much. Maybe, or maybe this could be them trying to hedge their bets a bit. Yeah, or maybe when he was announcing all of this, he was just <clears throat> cleared his throat and walked away from the mic. And like, anyone else? Like, no. I mean, you could, you could, it could be like a, a just a chasing Kang series, where well, like I think it will be. Where it's like they they get these clues, whatever. I think but, it's gonna be cat yeah. and mouse. Yeah, you know? and then like he'll show up every now and then, but probably not doing a lot. I don't think. I don't think they would waste that on Disney Plus show. Well, they're not gonna be able to defeat him because we got to lead to the right. you know. I mean, ultimately, at the end, well, 
Look, Kang has died twice now, right? <laughs> we, we, he died. We he, had, he died him, in Loki so. season one, and he died in Ant-Man: <laughs> The Lost Quantum Man. Can't play that card no more. <laughs> there's plenty of Kangs to die. There's right, lots right. of Kangs that are ready to die. Anyway, guys, uh, questions for you. What do you think about that? Do you think this is Disney very subtly and quietly trying to? make people forget that Jonathan Majors separate themselves a little bit from the controversy right now? Or do you think this is a very simple, innocent matter of, hey, he's probably not actually in the show much. He's probably going to be a minor character in the show. And therefore, that's why he's not on the cast list. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, let us know, would you? All right. With that down, uh, let's move on to this here. Opening this week. Fast X. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like just yesterday. What was it? Jeremy Lin? Is that who was the director yep. of? But yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeremy yeah. Lin. Was uh, walked off. Walked Justin on. Lin. What's that? Justin, Justin Lin. Lin. Justin Lin. Thank you. Walked off the set of Fast X. He was set to direct. He's directed many of the Fast and Furious movies. And I, he just, I don't know. I guess him and Vin Diesel just don't get along anymore. And they were already in production. He walked away. Now they went out and got my director, the guy, the man who directed me in, uh, Mine and Ed Norton Jr.'s mm. Incredible Hulk movie. Of course, Ed Norton is my co-star in that movie. Uh, Louis Leterrier was my director in that. And <laughs> they went out and got him. The guy who did, you know what? Not a bad fit. The guy who did the Transporter movies. I mean, if you're going to try to pick out some movies that are kind of similar yeah. in a way to Fast and Furious, go out and get the Transporter guy. Now, look, every, I've talked about this on the show before. As much of a huge fan as I am of Vin Diesel, and I really like the Fast and Furious franchise, I hated Nine. I hate, I thought it was just awful. It's like in five, six, and seven, and to a degree eight, the Fast and the Furious franchise found the perfect formula for becoming kind of ridiculous while still just being fun and keeping one little tippy toe in what could appear to be feasible. And what could maybe, like, is it just a little pinky toe in what could be possible? But they really pushed it right up to that edge of ridiculous. You know what it is to me? Fast 9 is the Thor love and thunder of the Fast and Furious universe, right? Because Thor, especially in Ragnarok, right? They pushed the humor a lot, but they always, but they balanced it out well in Ragnarok, right? Like it was, it was fun and funny, got a little bit silly, but also very heavy and dark and all that kind of stuff with the death of Odin, the destruction of Asgard, uh, the death of his sister, the losing of his eye, the, the destruction of Mjolnir. Like they balanced it all out, right? But then along came Thor, Love and Thunder, and then just, they went way too silly. They just went way overboard. That's what Fast 9 is. It's like they in, in five, six, seven, and eight, they pushed it up to that right up against that wall. And then in fast nine, they just said, fuck it. We're gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna go, you know what? We're gonna go to space. I hated that movie. Now, even though I hated it, I've loved the trailers. I have <laughs> loved the trailers for oh, Fast yeah. X. <laughs> you see me shining. I can't believe how much I love the trailers for Fast X. Well, guess what? It is now screened for some audiences. It opens this week officially, but there have been some advanced screenings and the critics have now seen it and the critic ratings are coming out and they're not great, <laughs> but they're not terrible either. <laughs> As of right now, Fast X with almost a hundred critic reviews in is holding a 60%. Not great, but it means the majority of critics like it. Six out of 10 critics are saying they like the movie. So it could be worse, right? It's, it's not terrible. It's all right. 
uh, actually, you know what? I forget. Rave, can you look this up yeah, for me? Yeah. Look up what was the Rotten Tomato score of Fast? Uh, what was even the name of Fast Nine? Uh, it was uh, Fast Nine. Was it just Fast Fast Nine? Yeah, look up Fast Nine's Rotten Tomato scores. I can't remember what that got. I mean, it should be a zero, but I got a feeling it's going to be. The, uh, the subjectivity of film will suggest it's probably going to be higher. Are than we zero. talking about the critic score? Yeah. It was Fast Nine, Fa- Fast Nine, the Fast Saga, or F9, the Fast Saga. All right. And so what did it get? Uh, critic score was 59%, and audience score was 82%. I'm sorry. 59% of the critics liked nine? I guess. So. Really? Mm-hmm. 311 God. reviews. I mean, that's okay. You that's, know, we got to rewatch it, or I got to watch it for the first time then. What, I, I do I not like need it. to rewatch it, but yes, you know what? You that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you and me are going to sit down and rewatch Fast Night. You know what? I guess that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about movies, man, is the pure subjectivity. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean other people can't like and it. And people say critics don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> 50. So, according to the critics, Fast X is 1% better. <laughs> I, I, I like the reviews I was reading. The first review I, I saw on Twitter was, it's better than... F9. That's it. That's all they said. <laughs> it's better than F9. It's way better than F9. Yeah, but so. here's the thing. You know, that's, okay, sorry, you said that, and I'm like, that sounds familiar. Because I got kicked in the balls by a donkey, and then I said, well, it's better than Fast 9. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really say a lot to me. I, I don't know. Are either one of you guys looking forward to Like, I don't care. I'm excited about seeing this movie. What Are you guys looking forward to it? I feel like my intelligence significantly drops when I watch the trailer, so I'm going to stay the hell out. <laughs> you can feel yourself getting dumber yeah, by the minute. I drooling, so I'm going to stay the hell out of that theater. I, I think this is going to be a fun movie to me. If I watch it, I think I'm going to be laughing a lot for some reason. It's going to be one of those where it's like, if I, if something's just so ridiculous, I'll laugh. I might offend people in the theater. So <laughs> like I might have to wait until... Yeah, you laugh for the wrong reason. No, no, I do that a lot. I mean, John knows. Like, there's, Do- like Dominic's son dies. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. But remember in the what, the Adam Driver dinosaur. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I laughed during parts I shouldn't have, or everyone was silent just because I was just having a good time. I mean, I, that was. You know, know what? I think people are going to be like that. In fact, we should go Thursday night. We should go tomorrow night because it opens tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, we can talk. About- I don't think Dominic's son's going to die, considering he's. I'm assuming he survives driving off of a dam and going straight well, down by an explosion. I'll tell you what, though. You remember Michelle Rodriguez not long ago? She was being interviewed. And they, they, The whole cast sat down and watched the full movie for the first time. Michelle Rodriguez says, that ending's incredible. My, she said, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe we went there. And we've been speculating ever since. What on earth could they be talking about that would have Michelle Rodriguez going, oh my God, we went there and we talked about maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah, coming yeah. back, which you don't he think is. It's about that. Which we know he is. But I don't know. Maybe it's also... I mean, maybe it's something like actually, oh my God, they killed Dominic's son. What, oh. Like what if they did something actually, truly dramatic? That would be a change of yeah. pace right there. Yeah, that I don't make, see, I can't see them doing it, but what if they did that? What like, if they, or what if Do- Dominic actually gets his son killed? Oh my oh God. Oh my God. That would actually do the drama of that. Just very thing. Or what if Dominic kills his son? Well, this is larger. What if they actually have to deal with the ramifications of gravity? Oh no, no, <laughs> no! But oops, there goes wise, gravity. Location-wise, I say they go into the Grand Canyon with something. I don't know, whatever. They, they already in- went to space. Never mind. Yeah, I don't really know where else they can go unless they go into the depths of the oceans and then That's cross over with thinking. James Cameron's Avatar. Yeah. Well, they go down there and start fighting with the Navi. I I don't know. But, but, but that's crazy that you said that. What if something like that does happen? What if they actually 
do a major left turn, no pun intended, and like actually introduce something shocking like but, like but, that. Like I I don't think they will. I'm just saying that would be kind of fun. We haven't heard anything like in that sort of like uh from the the reviews that we've or you've read, right? Or oh yeah, heard. no, I haven't heard. No anything one's like no that. one said anything like anything that would closely no, resemble no, nothing. Anything. Nothing is nothing makes me think that. I'm just, just yeah, wild speculation. That would be crazy. That actually, let's rewrite it right now. <laughs> let's do it right now. It can't be hard. It's just a Fast and Furious movie. All right, guys. So uh, as of right now, with almost 100 critic reviews in, Fast X is holding a one percent higher critic rating than Fast Nine. It Fast Nine shouldn't be rated that high. Anyway, guys. Whatever you guys think about that, let us know. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into a couple of trailer talks here. <laughs> um, at CinemaCon that uh, Ray and I were at a few weeks ago, they showed us this big 15-minute clip of the upcoming Mission Impossible movie. It was great. Mm-hmm. Got everybody running from Palm Clementine. Mm. Sorry. Mantis oh, from sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy is now the bad guy that Tom Cruise is on the run from. This is her movie, as far as I'm it concerned. It looks like her movie. It does to me. And But after that 15-minute scene they showed us, they then showed us the new trailer, which they had now dropped online. And listen, I think the trailer... I remember they showed us the first trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 last year at CinemaCon. They showed us the first trailer there. Then at this CinemaCon a few weeks ago, they showed us the full 15 minutes and the new trailer. You know, I thought it looked good. I thought the first trailer looked good. I really do. This trailer makes it look like the best Mission Impossible movie yet. Now, again, a trailer's a trailer. It's just a piece of marketing. We, we've seen a lot of great trailers to terrible movies. But this trailer, the, the, the pacing of it, the, the, the kinetic energy of it... Um, the fights look great. The car chases look spectacular. Obviously, it's not a Tom Cruise movie without him doing something completely insane uh, to bring a verisimilitude to it. Like, I mean, again, I've been watching some features, like full 20-minute feature. I saw like a full 20-minute feature about them just setting up and coordinating and executing that stunt of him riding the motorcycle off the cliff. Like, it's crazy. And he did, like, 70 jumps off the cliff or something uh, like that. Speaking of the stunts, I, I kind of, I haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies, I, I have to admit. It's just not my sort of genre. But I said, after Top Gun Maverick, whatever Tom Cruise is in, I'll watch, just because I love that movie so much. I mean, I kind of wish they didn't show that train sequence, because I thought that looked really cool. I hope they they have more to show, like, because it looked like they showed a lot of the big money shots in this well, I'll, one. I'll tell you what. The, the whispers are that right now, the cut of the movie is around four hours. And right, that's right. We talked about that's that. That's right. And the studio is like, they're putting their foot down a little bit. Like, they let Tom do a lot of what he wants to do. But the studios put their foot down saying, no, this movie's got to get shrunk by a lot more. And this is counting. This is part one is four hours. This isn't even like. Oh, yeah. This is in both parts. Yeah, no. Yeah. So we're probably going to end up with a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. That's probably, I'm going to guess it's going to clock in at three hours. Maybe three hours in a few minutes. Ooh. So no matter what you see in the trailers, there's probably a whole lot more. Has to be. There, there has to be. And that's a, this is a big, long movie. You guys, well, Jonathan, you saw the trailer. What do you think of it? Uh, do you like every- it more than the Fast and the Furious uh, yes. trailers? Considerably so. <laughs> it's everything that the Fast trailer is not. And I mean, even though it's over the top stunts, they're obviously possible because Tom Cruise is doing them for the yeah. most part. Right. I mean, when we see some of the stunts where he's like 
headed towards a moving train and all that. I mean, obviously some of this stuff's going to be CGI, but where he's going off a cliff, like you said, he did that 70 times just to get the shot. That's him actually going off the cliff. When he's halo diving out of the last Mission Impossible, that's him actually doing the halo jump. This is the kind of event movie I'd be looking forward to because whereas like in Fast X, and I know I'm just like hating on it, but I'm just saying... I know it's all so fake and just kind of cartoonish, and that's why you go. And I get, I get that. But this is an event because you know this is happening. You know the, these stunts and everything yeah. else. Uh, that that shot you're talking about with the train where he ducks on in that tunnel, that shot looked really cool to me. Oh yeah, that see, like really that cool. kind of stuff is fake. There's no way. Yeah, Tom there's Cruise, no I know, way. I know, but it's still any insurance real. company yeah. would let Tom Cruise just barely no, just stand on the top of the train and duck under the bridge at the last yeah. second. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. I'll, I'll throw out mine first. What do you think is the craziest stunt that Tom Cruise has done? Because don't forget also about that. Remember the Mummy movie he did? They literally, there's a scene, and think what you will about the Mummy movie he did. But there's a scene in that movie that is so awesome where in 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 the movie, they're in a plane. And the plane, they lose control of the plane, right? And so they're kind of bouncing around inside the plane. Well, what they actually did was they took this special jet up to the edge of outer space. So gravity, so there's very, very little gravity and they actually filmed them going around. They didn't use, they like, it's totally nuts. And which movie was it where Tom Cruise actually broke his leg? Remember he broke oh, his yeah, leg? Oh yeah, that was, that was the last, the last one. Was the last he was, one that yeah. where he's jumping from one oh, yeah, building from top to the other? Like his shin hit the- oh, Yeah, yeah and he broke like his leg. Awful. So, but to me, the craziest one, like he did the one where he's outside of the building and is that Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That's crazy. But to me, the craziest one, not even him piloting the, his own helicopter and those stunts or, or flying jets in and, and Top Gun, it's that scene in one of the Mission Impossible movies where he's literally holding on to the side of a plane. That's the one I was going to say. As it takes off. And oh. he's just, and they, I mean, to me, that yeah, is, I don't care. It. If they have adamantium bindings holding you to that plane, I would never do that. Talk, talk. Well, not to mention you could get so injured if something happens and you just bang into the plane while you're hanging on to it. Oh, I, I mean, talk about the stories he has for his grandkids. I mean, oh yeah, that's the favorite grandpa right there. I mean, uh, for me, my big concern is I haven't seen any of the movies uh, from your from your you know watching of them. Oh, you never each even one. seen like, the first one. No, each. Oh. Can someone like me go into this movie and just like pick it up, like pick yes. up everything? I mean, look, okay. I say yes. I haven't seen this movie yet, so I can't. But say from that the previous movie. ones, like if you if you I watch the you third can. one, yeah, I think without I, the first two, I think you can. Okay. I think you can just go in and pick up. I mean, that's the nice thing about the Mission Impossible movies is that you'll get a better appreciation if you've seen the previous ones, but each one of the movies is a completely yeah. good entry point. Yeah. And uh, like you, like the last one, the one with Henry Cavill, if you hadn't seen another Mission Impossible movie, you you will not feel lost at all. You you can go into that movie, watch it, and you won't feel like you're missing anything. Okay. But, I, but skip two. Yeah, In skip two. In my opinion, two is just uh, useless. I'll be honest with you. I think you can skip the first two. I think you just, I, die, I just go love, right from the first to the third I love the, the first one. one because it's so like... It's just more realistic. Mm-hmm. Did they have the it did take a, a tone <laughs> shift by three, but I think four for the new, like that shift in tone. Yeah. They nailed it with four. Four on. is where the series yeah. really took was off. Was that yeah. Ghost Protocol? 
The no, one where he's I, in the hoodie? I can't I, remember. No, you know, I don't think it's Ghost. What uh, is the name of the fourth one? I can't yeah, remember. Uh, these things should just be called Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That's right, why I don't yeah. like the titles like, on these movies. I, I, that's what I'm worried about. I, like, I want to know things. I guess I oh, could Oh, yeah, just, it was Ghost Protocol. Oh, it was. oh like, look at that. The one guy in the room yeah. who hasn't seen it is the one yeah. guy who got it right. You know, all my knowledge comes from just doing graphics for like, <laughs> your, graphics your shows, for the show. man. Uh, right, then Rogue Nation, yeah. Rogue Nation. All right. right, guys. Question is for you. Did you have a chance to see this trailer to the new Mission Impossible? I, I think it makes the movie look like the best one in the franchise. Now, whether it will be or not, we'll have to wait and see. Whatever you guys thought about it, let us know. All right. With that down, guys, uh, let's get into our final topic here before we start <laughs> taking questions from our audience. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. No video game ever, ever, has ever made me feel scared. No video game movie has ever made me, or no video game, I should say, has ever made me feel creepy or whatever. Not that there aren't good horror video games. There are. It's just that even though they're good games, they don't make me feel a sense of creepiness or anything. I just don't feel that in games. Until a couple of years ago, I'm lying in bed and everybody was playing this Five Nights at Freddy's game. And so Anna and I were talking about it. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to download it and try playing it. And I made the mistake of doing that while lying in bed in the dark. And I started playing Five Nights at Freddy's. And I realized all of a sudden that my hands holding my tablet were gripped pretty hard. <laughs> Your screen's cracking. <laughs> and I'm realizing, oh my God, this game is actually making me feel stress. I am stressed out. And the game, and which is funny because the game is hilarious. It's really funny. But at the same time, I had never played a game, mobile game, console game, computer game ever that has made me feel stressed and like stressed as in horror kind of stressed, like not being able to accomplish a certain mission in World of Warcraft that gets me really stressed. But I mean, like, like horror stressed and this thing did it and they announced that they were making a movie. And I thought this is a terrific idea. This could make a really good movie. Now. It stuttered and started and stuttered and started and went on and on and on. Of course, then they announced that the Jim Henson company was doing the practical. And when they showed those images, they were like, awesome. Oh man. When they put out the images of what they were working in the workshop and we we're all just like, that looks perfect. Yeah. It looks so good. Well, they've dropped the first trailer for it. The first teaser for it. And you know what? I totally forgot that Josh Hutcherson was in it. Mm. I like that kid. Actually. I like him a lot. I, the first I met him when he was doing press for hunger games and I had, a, I, he came into the hotel room where I was doing interviews and I had a good 20 minutes with him and he was really nice, like a really, really cool guy. And I, I love seeing good people succeed. And I think this looks really good. Look, I can tell you what, I think this trailer was perfect for a five nights at Freddy's movie. This trailer was complete perfection. I can't wait to oh watch it. God. Ray, you had a different response to it. Though. I think this trailer, is this Blumhouse or is this Pixar? It's Blumhouse. <laughs> Because the that teddy bear, Blumhouse. I, I would have jumped out of that uh, ball pit and hugged that bear. He was it like, it's so cute. Hug that bear. I mean, other than the gleaming red eyes, I mean, there's, I, I, I know I've watched people do <laughs> the, the bear. I, I, I know I've watched people do the, um, the playthroughs on Five Nights, and I, it's like you're switching through the security cameras, right? Yes. And just trying to make sure everything's cool. You just got to survive the night. I did. Just he said. Just. I don't know. There's something about what this I, teaser I know did. What, is, I know it, what you're seeing, yeah. but I think it's a misdirect, dude. And I think it's going to be a lot more jump scary and like uh, freaky as you get into the film. You know what? I've got a, I got homework for you. 
to today, sometime today before you go to bed, I want you to download on your phone. I'll do that. I want you to download and play the first Five Nights at Freddy's. It still I, won't change how I feel about maybe, this trailer. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's the, the 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 light was too bright. Like I think you, we saw too much of like the actual like his. Too much. But like that's Eel. what people want to see. Like and people isn't play this the on game. Peacock? What's that? It, isn't this releasing on? Yeah, Peacock? that's, that's to, okay. I'm glad you brought that yeah, up because that is the sad. one thing that makes me pretty apprehensive. Is that. Peacock has a history of the movies that they release day and date in theaters and on Peacock on the same day are shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a little Peacock. And I, that's what they're doing with this movie. They're dropping it on Peacock and in theaters mm-hmm. at the same time. And when Peacock does that, the movies usually are shit. But I, I'm going to try to maintain some optimism and positivity here because I really am excited has, to see this movie. Has every movie that uh, Peacock has dropped at the same day actually been? There was that Halloween everyone didn't like. Halloween right? 2 and 3. Because uh, they did the first, they did the first new Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. And listen, I've never liked Halloween movies, not even the original. I'm very, very rare. I don't even really like the original Halloween. But the new one of the trilogy they did, that first one, I thought was awesome. I loved it, and so I was so excited for the second one. And they said they were doing a day and date on Peacock. I said, "Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Fine." And oh my god, that movie is garbage. Uh, Total garbage. And then they did a third one, day and date release as well, and it is garbage. So like. My my general, you know, operating understanding now is that if I see Peacock is dropping a movie, Universal is dropping a movie in theaters and on Peacock in the same day, that pretty much is a guarantee it's going to suck. I hope that Five Nights at Freddy's is the one that bucks that trend mm. because I'm really looking forward to this movie. And uh, I think it looks pretty good. All right. Anyway, guys, <laughs> question is for you. What do you think about the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's? It's just a little teaser, but... I got to tell you somebody, somebody who played the game a bit, I thought it looked pretty great. Or maybe you're like Ray, where you're like, what's the big deal about this? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever you guys think, let us know. All right, guys, listen. We are now going to spend the rest of our show taking questions that our YouTube channel members, and if you are listening to the show and you're one of our YouTube channel members, thank you so much for being a channel member. We appreciate that very much. Um, But we... Put up a post in the community tab for our channel members saying, hey, if you've got questions for today's podcast, fire some in. So we're going to read off and get to as many of those as we can. But before we do, we're going to take a second here and thank the sponsor of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at ExpressVPN and my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, ExpressVPN. Guys, it is 2023, and online privacy and security has never been more important. You see, every device, phones, computers, tablets, has a unique IP address, which is like an internet phone number and reveals personal information about you. It's super simple for somebody online who knows what they're doing to find your IP address. If you've ever clicked on a sketchy link or opened an email from somebody you don't know, your IP address could become exposed. Now, that's where ExpressVPN has your back. ExpressVPN is an app that hides your real IP address and replaces it with a dummy one, keeping you safe and private. And you don't have to be some kind of techie to use a VPN. Guys, it is so easy to use. Just download the ExpressVPN app on your phone or computer, tap one button to turn it on, and you're protected. And if you like your streaming entertainment, here's the coolest part. They let you choose what country you want your IP address to look like it's coming from. This is incredibly useful because services like Netflix and Disney Plus give you different shows depending on what 
what country you're in. So secure your family's online activity and unlock tons of new shows by visiting expressvpn.com slash campia. Use my link and you can get three extra months free. That's express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash campia. Go to expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more. We want to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. You guys know that ever since I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been saving almost 70% a month over my old phone plan. For people looking Looking for extra savings this year? Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All of their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at ExpressVPN and, of course, my mobile service provider, Mint Mobile, for being sponsors of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, it's time for us to go over to our channel members and hear what kind of topics they want to discuss. So, Jonathan, what do we got? Okay, first up, we've got Marie Reich, who uh, writes, no question. Just wanted to say that my wife and I became parents a few weeks ago. We had a boy. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks for as you do, as always. Oh, dude, that is so great. I mean, Murray Reich has been a viewer of our show. I mean, going back prior to the John Campion, I mean, I think all the way back in the AMC days, I think Murray Reich has been a viewer. Congratulations, man. That is awesome to hear. I hope you and your wife and your new little one are doing great, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. All right, right, next. next? Yeah, next we've got Red One Real Talk, who um, asks thoughts on this season of Ted Lasso as we approach the uh, finale. I started feeling disappointed with all these seemingly unrelated plot threads. But boy, have I, uh, they just weaved everything together brilliantly. Can't say enough about how much I'm loving Jamie Tardy um, in particular this season. Jamie Tart, 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 Tart. Tart. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, have not, I am one episode behind on the new Ted Lasso. I, for the most part, I have loved this season of Ted Lasso. Um, there have been one or two episodes that I'm like, eh, I could have taken or leaving that episode, but for on whole, I just thought this season has more heart. Um, they don't, they've leaned away from the funny a little bit. I'd love to see a little bit more comedy. Don't get me wrong. There's been some great laughs this season, but a little bit light on, but I, I think this, they've made up for it with heart in it. So, but I, again, I am an episode behind, so I'm not completely caught up yet. All right, what's next? All right, Mighty Tank One writes, loving the newsletter, just read your thoughts on theater showtimes and just wondering if you know of anyone that has taken legal action. I'm sure it's more trouble than it's worth, but wouldn't be surprised if anyone has tried. Having to wait 20 minutes plus, uh, plus minutes really sours the experience for me. So one of my uh, crusade issues when it comes to movies, my old crusade issue for many years, going back to my movie blog days, was why... 
in holy hell do we in North America not have pre-assigned seating in our movie theaters? It is so Stone Age archaic that you buy your ticket to a movie theater, and then if you want to hope to get a good seat, you got to show up an hour and a half or two hours in advance and stand there like an idiot and hope you get a good seat, while every other civilized country in the world had pre-assigned seating. Well, that happened. Great. Now, my personal kind of movie fandom army crusade is, hey, movie theaters, when you tell us, when we pay you $20 to show up and sit in, in your theater for two hours and you tell us showtime is at seven, start your fucking movie at seven. Like, it's really infuriating to me that you pay $20 for a two-hour experience and the first thing they do once you buy your $20 ticket and then spend $17 on a small popcorn and a small soda is they force you to sit there and watch almost 30 minutes of commercials. And that is preposterous. So I propose if, number one, what they should really do is what the CEO of Paramount has begged movie theaters to do. Shorten the number of trailers you play. Because when you play so many trailers, people don't even remember the trailers they saw. So that's number one, what they should really do. But if if you don't want to do that, fine. But it should be law that movie theaters, if you want to still say showtime is seven and that's where your trailers start, you should. it should be law that they should advertise what time the actual movie starts. If you want to say show, showtime starts at seven, movie starts at 728, fine. So then I know when I can show up to the theater. Because what happened to Ann and I a couple of weeks ago is we did what we now assume is like, ah, the movie doesn't start for like 25 minutes after showtime. And so fine. So we showed up about 20 minutes late. So we st- figured we still had five minutes to spare, but for that one movie, they actually started it at seven 15. So we actually missed the first six or seven minutes of the movie because they have this stupid thing. So I think it should be law. Law. That law that they they that movie theaters I, actually advertise the actual start time of the movie. I, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you right. right now, John, and, and it, this is it. Okay, I think uh, the trailers we'll probably do away with them soon. We still have like a generation that still doesn't go on YouTube and watch these trailers at home, right? You know what I mean. So it it is working for those people. Those people. What if the trailers were all they played trailers that were only released in theaters, like new ones? That's the only place you could actually see it. What if they went back to that? Would that make it any better? Like, no. Like something you haven't seen. Nah. Be- uh, because again, like, I st- listen, I like trailers. I do. But I don't want nine trailers. But because, oh, like the guy you, from Paramount okay. said, you watch so, they put so many trailers in front of your face that you don't even remember which trailers you saw, right? So it's the amount you have the problem it's with. It's just, it's the amount yeah, and the there time. There is a bunch. There is a bunch. Because our time is a non renewable resource we can't we don't get our time back so i I just think movie theaters have to treat our time a little better anyway sorry i went off on that way too long all right what's next all right confession deception writes uh as a good canadian kid have you seen or do you have any interest in seeing the blackberry movie got to see it last week and it's a huge win for canadian cinema very funny interesting and ultimately a dark tale of humanity you know what i just saw something about a blackberry movie and i'm like Really? There's a BlackBerry movie. <laughs> so, I mean, so BlackBerry, of course, I mean, BlackBerry ruled the world oh, for a while. They, it is about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- I mean, they absolutely ruled the world. 
for a long time. Like if you were somebody in business, you had your BlackBerry on you, right? And you, and it's just, it's incredible how they, BlackBerry was the MySpace of mobile phones. They were the biggest game in town. And all of a sudden, poof, they were gone. Now it, it shocks some people to find out that the company still exists. I mean, it's, they're still around. I don't know for how much longer, but yes, I am interested but my, in a my BlackBerry first, movie. My first job in an IT department, I worked for this law firm and the very first thing um, they gave me was a BlackBerry. Everyone yep. at that law firm had to use a BlackBerry and it was assigned to just because that was the way people communicated. I didn't work there long enough for me to even play around with it. So <laughs> my first two smartphones were uh, quote unquote smartphones were Blackberries. Yep. I mean, just the damn phone had a keyboard on it. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. so was it so, at the time it was great. So this is a film and not a documentary or mm -hmm. it's like a sort of film document. Who stars well, biography? Have, Does yeah. it say who's in there? Um, there is Jay. Berichel, oh, Jay Burchell or yeah, what uh, Glenn Howerton and yeah. Matt Johnson. Right. Jay is the big name in there. So yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm curious to see that. Oh, Carrie Elwes is in there too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's right. Wesley's in there. All right. What's next? Okay. Um, uh, from Gannon, who writes, Hey, John and crew, what is everyone's favorite Mission Impossible movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, raise it. Fill in probably. blank. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably Ghost Protocol. I think that probably is my favorite one. I'm going to go part one, but then if you're saying like with the new take on it, I would go Ghost Protocol. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. Um, Let's see here. We've got Sam Fisher who writes, we've talked about the nuances of the writer's strike, like uh, Ryan Reynolds not being able to ad-lib on the set of Deadpool because of his member of the writer's guild or being a member of the writer's guild. Uh, but what would a G uh, PGA strike look like? Uh, because aren't most studios executives part of the PGA? And also, I don't think the common movie going audience really has a clear picture of what a producer does. Funny you say that. We have a video about that. Yeah, actually, if you search on the John Campia channel, if you go to the YouTube channel and search the channel for uh, what does a producer do, mm -hmm. we actually put together uh, a, a, a editorial video on what that does. So I highly encourage you to go and, and look for that. Um, no, the producers will not go on strike because they're the bosses. The, the producers will not go on strike because they are the bosses. <laughs> uh, so no, the PGA, the Producers Guild of America, uh, which are part of the AMPTP, um, they will uh, they will not be going on strike. It's, because... It wouldn't it be like, hey, I want to get paid more. Okay, I'll pay myself more. Isn't yeah. that what it is? It, it, it would be like Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, going, <laughs> I am on strike. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, so no, there, there would not be a PGA strike. All right, what's next? All right, um, Alan S. writes, hey, John, it's almost game day. Game day? For a fast X. Oh, God. Can I take it back? <laughs> he got, can I take that back? Game day. Take it back, game day. Oh, man. You got you guys. Are you planning to do an open spoiler for Fast X? Not sure if you did one for F9, but that movie was so awful. I don't blame you for not doing one. <laughs> you know what? Yes, I think I will do an open spoiler discussion for for uh, F uh, Fast X. <laughs> F, but it has to be a combination of Fast Nine and Fast X because we're going to watch it again. So you, we're get... yeah, that's right. So Ray and I are going to go see Fast X on Thursday night. So Thursday afternoon, we're going to sit down and watch Fast Nine, <laughs> so we can be oh, totally man. caught up and prepared for the dramatic intricacies of I'm, Fast X. I'm really ruining myself today. Can't wait for it. All right, what's next? Kendall Barker writes, do you think Marvel made any post-production edits to Loki season two that reduced Kang's screen time or story involvement? Not eliminated, but reduced. I don't think so. I think, I think they're going to go one way or the other. They're either going to, they, I, I would think they would have either taken them out period or just left it in period. 
um, there's no point in kind of mucking up the show by like taking out key and important narrative scenes. Cause like, it, it, look, you could take all of him out that you want. If he's even in one scene in the show, that's the story, right? So you either leave him in, which is what they did, or you take him out. I don't, there's no point in going halfway in between because it's not like people are going to forget Jonathan Majors was in there if he was only in three episodes, you know what I mean? So I, I don't think it'll make a difference. All right, what's next? All right, uh, Imperial Executioner writes, Hi, crew, what do you think of Disney changing their strategy and dropping all episodes of Echo Show at once later this year? Is it that, isn't it, is that an overreaction uh, to their loss of Disney Plus subscribers? No, there is no, be very clear about this. There is no change of direction. They're doing this because they think this show sucks. I, like, again, I cannot say that as fact, but in the same article, they're going, and Loki, which they clearly have a lot of faith in, releases week to week right before. No, no, this is not a change of strategic direction for Disney. This is them going, yeah, this show is really rough and we don't want to drag out people talking about how much our sh show sucks for six weeks. So they're just going to drop it all at once and be rid of it. That, that's what they're doing. They're washing their hands of it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope I watch a show and I completely love it. But nah, man, this this is Disney waving the right white flag on this thing. All right, what's next? Uh, Jesse Keller writes, with Vin Diesel saying Fast X might have three parts, do you think uh, the success of this new film will determine if we get two more parts or just one uh, more as originally planned? Thanks. 100%. If Fast X makes a billion dollars, which is not looking like it will, but if it did, 100% universal is, all right, let's get the wheels off the ground for uh, starting early advanced planning for Fast X Part 3. Yes, but listen, they're saying the opening weekend numbers of Fast X are going to be kind of soft. The last number I saw was 60 million. So I, I don't know how reliable that number is, but that was Box Office Pro did a projection of 60 million for the opening weekend of Fast X. Now, to put that in context, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened nearly 120. So if, and we're talking hypotheticals here, just hypotheticals, if, say, Fast X makes $600 million at the box office, there's no way they're going to do a Fast X Part 3. No way. Because they're going to assume that Fast X Part 2 will probably make even a little bit less than Fast X does. So no, billion dollars, absolutely. 600 million or less, absolutely not. But I do agree that it's going to be really based on what this movie does. All right, what's next? All right, apologies in advance for murdering your name, but I believe Yosef Viveros. Uh, which casting announcement do you think will get first Superman Legacy or Fantastic Four? I feel like mm -hmm. we've been waiting years for an F4 cast announcement. Well, let's put it this way. We know when they start shooting the movie. They start shooting Superman in January. Uh, that's that's when they start shooting. I believe they already have their Superman. I know, but John, I just saw a story that they've they're still just narrowing it down now. I don't care what the news reports say. <laughs> I completely believe they've already got him, and I believe they've had him for a bit. I really do. Um, so my guess is, my guess is we're going to find out. Let, let's put it this way: I think the latest we're going to find out who Superman is is Comic Con. Uh, I think at Comic-Con is probably when they'll officially make the announcement. And I don't think we'll get the official Fantastic Forecasting until after that. So my guess, and this is just a guess, my guess is we'll get Superman's casting first. All right, what's next? All right, Jared Oberfield writes us and says, I've decided not to care about whatever anyone, including me, has said about The Little Mermaid so far. Uh, I'm going to see it on Wednesday night. 
or as soon as I can, and then judge it for myself. I also think that Mina Massad has a point about it not reaching $1 billion at the box office. I am almost 34, and every time a film has made that much in theaters uh, has been during my lifetime, and some have only done that because of releases. Yeah, again, the, the Mina Massoud, uh, or Massoud, I think is the way it's properly pronounced. Or re-releases, sorry, that's what he meant to say. Yeah, I think the Mina Massoud... Um, comment again i've been i i think that's a great example of how triggered like and tribal movie fans can be the dude literally just said i don't think that movie will make a billion i think it'll definitely get a sequel i don't think it's going to make a billion it was purely analytical. guess what i don't think it's going to make it i'm excited about the movie and i don't think it's going to make a billion it could but people literally reacted like he came out and said Fuck this movie in its fuckable face. Like they're they're acting like he came out and just started bashing on the movie. He said, I don't think it'll make a billion. So what? Who cares? I, and I really think the people that went after him attacked him are pathetic. I really do. Now, don't get me wrong. If you were if you were put off a little bit by his comments, I, I get that. That's fine. But I'm talking about the people who went straight ape shit. And just went visceral and went after this guy. Some of the commentary I read was just preposterous. Um, and like, I'm sorry, but if you're one of those people that started going after Mina Masood's heritage and the the quality of his character and all this kind of stuff, simply because he said, I don't think that movie will make a billion. It's not like he said, I don't think that movie's even going to make 50 bucks. He said, I don't think the movie's going to make a billion Big deal. Yeah. I think it's absolutely pathetic the way some people responded to him. I, I mean, we've been going through this problem for like ages of like texts, you know, like uh, text, uh, like tweets and tweets stuff like, or yeah. texts. Like, if you not put something down right, people will take it the other way. Like, did he say it will not make a billion, or I don't think it will make a billion? There's a big difference. And if like you know, people will mis misconstrue those things just through text and without you know, like a them actually saying it, like people could turn things around on you. But here's the thing. People don't just misconstrued things. Yeah. There are people who just are looking for somebody just to say the slightest wrong thing so they can jump all over them. And, and that, that, and it, that characteristics of our society right now is really and, bugs me. It also didn't help that he was a part of the, another live action Disney yes, franchise. So. A, a movie that did make a billion dollars, right. but uh, yeah, there's that. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, did you get a chance? To, oh, sorry. Uh, the After Post writes, <laughs> did you get a chance uh, to watch the Tetris movie yet? If so, any thoughts? I plan on watching it later today. You know what? I still have not gotten around to watch it. But saying, Ray, you've seen it. You're good. the one guy in the room who's seen it. I watched it twice so far. Really? It's good. I actually like it. I, I mean, it was the same week I was watching Pinball, that pinball movie. Right. I watched both of them twice. I mean, they're two different movies. Check it out. I hope you like it. It's really good. It's it, crazy. That story of Tetris is crazy. It involved more than just like a software design or, you know, game designer at home. This was this was worldwide stuff right here. So, yeah, check it out. It's 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 really good. It's crazy. Like you learn new things every day. You know, it, it's funny when people ask, wait a minute, how has Ray not seen any of the Mission Possibles? Well, he's busy watching Tetris. Yeah. And Tetris pinball. and pinball. Subjectivity, baby. <laughs> a couple times. Subjectivity is... Yeah. Uh, All right, we got time for a couple more. What else we got? All right, uh, I'm going to get this right today from Amin. Uh, thoughts on Dave Filoni's Star Wars film potentially being called Heir to the Empire? 
Yeah, so there's a, a rumor, and it should be emphasized it's a rumor, but there's a rumor going around that uh, the upcoming Dave Filoni film, which is going to be the culmination of the Mandoverse on Disney+, Plus, is going to be called Heir to the Empire. Nice. Now, if you don't know that phrase, Heir to the Empire is basically the name of the, I mean, it's the name of a book, but it's really what was come to be known as the series of the Thrawn trilogy, oh. the original one that came out many, many, like 30 years ago or whatever. Um, and it's great. However, it's not canon. It's not canon. Grand Admiral Thrawn is canon, but the story of Heir to the Empire and the, and the Thrawn trilogy are not canon anymore because they also rely very heavily. That story is very heavily Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, all that kind of stuff, right? So let's say for argument's sake, and again, it's just a rumor that they're going to call Heir to the Empire, but let's, for the sake of the discussion, say he does name it that. Don't expect that it's going to be remotely similar to what the Heir of the Empire books were. If you're just got Grand Admiral Thrawn as your villain, forget what the other books were. Forget the story of the original books. Heir to the Empire is actually a good title. Yeah, yeah. The guy's coming along. And I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if in this Dave Filoni movie, they do it in such a way that whatever Grand Admiral Thrawn does in this movie sets the creation point and the seeds of what becomes the First Order that we then see in The Force Awakens. Well, I believe and, so too, yeah. yeah. So, and, so in the Star Wars world, if it's a film, it's canon automatically. Is that, am I, am I wrong? In yes, that? films are canon automatically. Okay, okay. Just, just wanted uh, to Books are not. Okay. Like when Disney bought Star Wars, they said from now on, everything's canon. Video games, comic books, novels, whatever. <laughs> and I said, well, that's a nice sentiment, but I don't believe they're going to be able to stick to that. And sure enough, they don't. Yeah, they it went got hard on so that bad. That when could, Pablo Hidalgo was confronted and say, wait a minute, you say the books are canon, but this happens and this happens in this book. And we know that that contradicts what's in a couple of the movies. And I remember Dave, uh, Pablo Hidalgo said, well, if something in the book lines up with canon, then it's canon. And if it's not, it's not. And I'm like, <laughs> and I remember saying at the time, that's like saying a woman can be sort of pregnant. Like something, a book is either canon or it is not. Just like a, a, a girl is either pregnant or she's not. If, the, if there's something in the book that isn't canon, then I don't care if 80% of the rest of the book is canon. Then the book is not canon. But anyway, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to, I could go off on that on an angry tangent, but I won't right now. All right, let's do one more. What's next? Uh, okay. Um, from Bill's HQ, John, did you enjoy living in Burbank? Possibly looking to relocate there. I loved Burbank. Oh, wow. What a great area. I, I loved Burbank. Like so much so. That in Burbank, I lived an hour away from Ray. Oh. And Ray visited us way more than we lived in Burbank <laughs> than now that we live five minutes from his house. It, it, That's how nice Burbank oh, is. Oh, yeah, 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 man. It's like I never had to worry walking around that area. It was just a nice place. There's nice people. Dude, they, you're like six feet, 230 pounds. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about no, walking no, around no, anywhere. No, 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 but I'm just saying like. I meant animals or like whatever. Oh, right, right, this right. This and that. And plus like at 1 a.m., no one walks around. But that place, I was like, if I need to walk around at 1 a.m., then I will. There's I mean, honestly, Burbank is great. They have like a thousand great restaurants. They have three beautiful AMC theaters all within two blocks of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they got a big police station there. Town center. They got that, yeah. some great cultural stuff there. It's beautiful. The problem with Burbank is, you know, Ann and I, we're looking to buy our first house. 
And because we were renting in Burbank at the time, we'd rented in Burbank for a long time and we were looking to buy our first house. And the problem with Burbank was this, when we started looking for a house, we were looking at 850 square foot, little one bedroom run down shacks that were going for like $875,000. And we're just like, we just can't afford to buy here. I mean, if you want to go and rent there and, and it's, it's pretty, it's great. It's, it really is a great place to live, but we couldn't buy a house there, which is the reason why we moved out to the Riverside area. Cause we could get a really nice house for half a million dollars. It was great. And, and not to mention if anyone wants to do like the film industry, get into it oh, yeah, you should down the street, there. there's a film school from you. I mean, two you, film schools and then Warner brothers, Paramount. Is or no? Well, Paramount's Warner, in Hollywood. Warner Brothers and um, Disney. Disney. Warner right Brothers there. lot and Disney's lot is right there. Universal Studios Cartoon Hollywood Network. is right there. The Cartoon Network building is right there. I mean, Lionsgate's offices. Yeah. Are, no, they're they're in Beverly Hills. Nickelodeon. But, Nickelodeon. but it's also the heart of like post production. Yeah. For Hollywood. Yeah. It's it is a great place. I yeah. I really do love Burbank. All right, guys, listen. Uh, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia Show podcast. Thank you so much for listening into our show today. Big special thank you to our channel members. Number one, for being channel members, but also number two, for sending in those questions and giving us some great fun things to talk about. Hey guys, we got uh, a live open mic show that's coming up a little bit later today. We do those most days. So make sure you also go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out the daily videos that we put out over there. I want to thank over there, Ray Orr. Thanks a lot for being here, man. Yep, yep, yep. Of course, yep, yep. Jonathan Voico being here as well. Of course. And most importantly, you guys for listening today. That'll do it for us for today, guys. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>